The second lesson, also the sermon text, from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verses 11 to 14. And do this since you understand the present time. It is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost over and the day is drawing near. So let us put away the deeds of darkness and put on the weapons of light. Let us walk decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual sin and wild living, not in strife and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not give any thought to satisfying the desires of your sinful flesh. The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So if this winter plays out anything like the last couple of winters, it'll still be a few more weeks before the first snowfall enters the forecast. And when it does, the annual mid-Atlantic wild overreaction to the first snowfall of the year will also come into play. Local residents will jam their trunks full of toilet paper and bottled water, just in case, you know, two and a half inches of snow manages to shut down toilet paper production for the next three years. And local reporters will stand in front of the empty snow shovel rack at the Home Depot and shove their microphones into the faces of scurrying customers and asking them all the same question they ask every year. What are you doing to get ready for the snow? Now, for those of us who maybe grew up, lived in a part of the country where it actually gets cold and it really does snow a lot, this annual freak out over a few inches of snow that always just melts by noon the next day anyway is just kind of a little bit amusing. Uh, on the other hand, I suppose you could say it is better to be safe than sorry, and it's better to be prepared, maybe even ridiculously overprepared for that first snowfall of the season than it is to be unprepared. It is good to be prepared. Prepared for the first snowfall of the season, that's good, that's important. Toward the end of his letter to the Romans, St. Paul encourages the Christians in that city and all Christians of every time and every place to be prepared for another day. And St. Paul calls that day by a couple of different names. First he calls it the day of our salvation. And later he simply calls it the day. So what day are we talking about here? Well, we all know that the day on our calendar, right, between now and the end of the year is Christmas Day. And Christmas Day is also the day of our salvation because we know that on Christmas, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. He comes into this world on a mission to save us from our sins, to live that holy life, to die on the cross. So Christmas, we can say, certainly is the day, and it is the day of our salvation. But the Bible tells us there's another the day coming too, when Christ will come into this world a second time. And that, for Jesus' people, that second coming of Christ will also be the day of our salvation. Because when Jesus comes again, he's going to save us from all of the darkness in this world. He is going to save us from the night of pain and death. He's going to save us from the darkness of, of hatred and persecution and unbelief. The day of salvation is coming again when Jesus will save us from all the darkness in this world. And St. Paul writes to encourage us here. He says, the night is 
almost over, and the day is drawing near. Now we do know exactly when we are going to celebrate the first day of our salvation. We know when we celebrate Jesus first coming into this world. You can count down the days till Christmas if you want to, and some people do. 28, by the way. We don't exactly know when the second day of salvation is going to be, but there is one thing we can say for sure about its arrival. It's one day closer today than it was yesterday. And that might sound so silly that it doesn't even need to be said, yet St. Paul does right here, our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So every day we are one solid march closer to Christ coming into this world. We don't know exactly when it is going to be, but we do know that every day we are one day closer, which means it is best to be prepared. And when God, through the pen of St. Paul, encourages us to be ready for that day of our salvation, he pictures it in terms of being dressed properly, being dressed the right way. Probably we could all share at least one personal embarrassing story of a time when we were dressed inappropriately for something. Maybe you went to a party that turned out to be quite a bit more formal than you thought it was going to be, and there you were in your jeans, surrounded by dresses and suits. Or maybe you nearly froze on a day that started out nice and warm and you figured, ah, it's not worth dragging a jacket around all day and then later the temperatures plummeted. It is, of course, good to be properly dressed for social engagements, changing weather, but of course, if you're not, it isn't the end of the world. You'll get over it. Life will go on. On the day of salvation, it is necessary to be dressed correctly then it will be a matter of life and death, a matter of eternal life and death. The word says, put on the weapons of light and clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus. It's probably best for us to consider that second phrase first, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus. How exactly does a person clothe himself in Jesus Christ? How does someone wear her Savior? Well, it's, it's by believing in him. In, in another place, in this same letter, St. Paul says that everybody who is baptized into Christ has clothed themselves with Christ. And in his revelation, St. John looks into heaven and he sees the saints, the people who have already reached the kingdom of heaven, clothed in the righteousness of Christ, wearing the robe of his righteousness. When you believe in Jesus... God dresses you in your Savior. He drapes that absolute perfection of your Savior Jesus over your shoulders. You trust in Jesus, you are clothed in his righteousness, and you are ready. You are properly dressed for the day of salvation when Jesus arrives. So you say to yourself, good. Check. I do believe in Jesus, so I'm all set. I'm all ready to go for the day of salvation, properly dressed for when it arrives. And that is great. It's wonderful. You know what? So did these Christians who lived in Rome. They were already dressed in Jesus too. They already believed. They were already clothed in Christ's righteousness and ready for the day of salvation. And yet, Paul still encourages them anyway to clothe themselves in Christ. Why? Because they were living in a dark world that was bent on destroying their saving faith in Jesus Christ. And so do we. And in these verses, St. Paul 
gives a list of six of the unbelieving world's dark and saving faith destroying deeds. He lists carousing and drunkenness, sexual sin and wild living, strife and jealousy. That's just a half dozen examples of dark deeds. It's definitely not intended to be an exhaustive list. Anything that goes against God's will, any thought, word, or deed, is darkness. So, it is best for Christians, for people who do believe in Jesus, who are dressed in his righteousness and ready for the day of salvation, it's good for us, on a regular basis, to honestly, carefully look at our lives and ask ourselves, do my attitudes line up with what God tells me in his word is true belief? My words, my actions, I line them up against God's commandments and see if they are pleasing in his sight or if they are darkness. And it's good to ask ourselves, where has it maybe become a little bit too easy and natural for me to be in the darkness in my life? Where have I been bending my ears toward dark and godless ideas? Because scripture does teach very plainly that those who trust in Jesus, those who are dressed in his righteousness, will live out that righteousness in their lives. That there is a direct connection between what we believe and how we live. Now, of course, on this side of heaven, we're never going to reach a state of perfection because we still have sin inside of us. But those who are clothed in Christ's righteousness, who are ready for the day of salvation, will consistently live out that righteousness in their daily lives. So this is honest self-examination that all Christians need to do on a regular basis because we all have different darkness that we struggle with and gravitate toward. And we all have different social circles, maybe different cultures around us that want us to think there's certain darkness that's acceptable, maybe even desirable. For example, the first two congregations I served we're in Wisconsin. One is a vicar and the second one is a pastor. And in that paradise, that wonderland called Wisconsin, it is considered perfectly normal, even desirable, to get blindingly drunk on a regular basis. And in fact, people who don't engage in that behavior are considered somewhat weird. And it always amazed me how natural it was for Christians to just openly brag about their drunken escapades. Imagine sitting at a table waiting for a church council meeting to start. This is a church council meeting. And listening to the chairman of the board of education for your Lutheran school and the chairman of the board of elders of your Lutheran congregation going on and on about how drunk they got during the Packers Monday night football game the day before. And they were doing this with the vicar at the table which tells you clearly they did not think there was anything wrong with this behavior whatsoever. That darkness had just become part of their lives. You know, that darkness of drunkenness, that actually is one of the six on St. Paul's list. Maybe the one that you struggle with, the one that I struggle with, is not on that list. But anything that goes against God's will is darkness. And Christians who are clothed in Christ live in his righteousness. Because you see, Satan, he also understands that there is a direct connection between what you believe and how you live. So if Satan can get you, a believer in Jesus, to live in the darkness, then it's just a matter of time before your faith is going to be dark. And that's why St. Paul so fervently encourages people who already are Christians, 
who already believe in Jesus, who live in the light of his righteousness. So, you are clothed in Christ by faith. You are dressed in his righteousness and ready for the day of salvation. That's great. Stay that way. Stay that way by staying out of the darkness and walking in the light. And in these verses, St. Paul tells us how to do that. Again, addressing people who already are Christians. He says, clothe yourself and put on. Now, if you saw someone who was already wearing a big warm coat, would you tell them to put on a jacket? Probably not. Why would you tell someone who's already clothed in Christ to clothe themselves in Christ? This is the Spirit's call to us, to refresh, to renew, constantly be strengthening our faith in Jesus. See, when I was baptized, the Holy Spirit clothed me in Christ. He brought me to faith in Christ and draped his perfection over my shoulders. But now, every time in my heart I go back to that baptism and I meditate on what the Spirit did for me there, I'm clothed in Christ again and again. Every time we come to the Lord's Supper and receive Jesus' body and blood, together with the forgiveness of sins, the, the robe of righteousness gets draped over our shoulders again and again. Every time we worship, we hear God's word, listen to it preached. Through this entire season of Advent, through the whole church here, it turns us back to the love of Christ over and over again. We see our forgiveness of sins and we are dressed in it again and again. See, through God's word and through the sacraments, the Holy Spirit clothes us in Christ over and over again. And every time he does, he gives us more and more power, more and more strength to walk decently as in the daytime. And that is power we need because Scripture uses words like battle, conflict, war, strife, struggle, even in these verses, when Paul tells us not to walk in the darkness, he strikes a pretty militaristic tone. In the same breath, he says, put on the weapons of light. Once there was a kid named Caden. Caden's mom loved him very much and wanted to make sure that he stayed warm in the wintertime. It never got terribly cold where they lived, but she wanted to make absolutely certain. So she made him the most lovingly genius piece of clothing I've ever seen, ever will see. And when he showed up to preschool every day, it made me smile when I saw him come in this piece of clothing. It started with big warm snow pants that were directly connected by the heel to his boots. She clasped the bottom of the pants to the heel of the boots. And then you had a big puffy jacket that was strapped to the pants. Mittens attached to the end of the sleeves of the coat. And then of course you also had a big puffy hood. The scarf was strapped around the hood, tied, and then you also had a face mask that was knit into the, into the hood. It was all one single connected piece of clothing. It was amazing. And it was his mother's way of making sure that he would stay warm because if he wore any of his winter clothes, he had to wear all of them at the same time. He had no choice because it all came together. Now. When you were brought to faith in Jesus, you were dressed, you were clothed in Christ's righteousness. At the very same time, God was also strapping weapons over your shoulder. It comes all in one connected piece. 
When you come to faith in Christ, you get his righteousness, and you get, at the same time, arms from God. What St. Paul calls the weapons of light. The weapon of light is the truth of God's word. God's word is light, and it is our power to fight back against the darkness. So when there is a temptation that pulls you toward darkness, you use the truth of God's word to fight back. A few examples. A temptation comes and says to me, you cannot resist. You are too weak. You have to give in to this darkness. Now I need to fight back with the weapons of light. I need to fight back with the truth of God's word, which is this. That's only half right. I am too weak. I will cave into this darkness on my own. But Jesus is stronger than anything. Jesus withstood every temptation of Satan in the wilderness, everything that the devil had to throw at him throughout his entire life, and he overcame it all. And I am in Christ by faith. I am his, and he is mine. And Jesus is stronger than anything. In him, I never have to cave into a temptation. There's nothing, not the sin inside of me, not the sin of the unbelieving world, not the devil himself that can make me walk in darkness. Or, when a temptation toward darkness comes and says, oh, come on now. It's just one little sin. It doesn't really matter. And besides, you know Jesus already died on the cross for it anyway, right? It's already paid for. I have to fight back against that with the truth of God's word, which is sin is always a big deal. Sin is such a big deal to God that the only price he would accept for it was the holy blood of his own son. So away from me with any kind of dark stupidity about how one little sin doesn't really matter and it's not that big of a deal. Or if a temptation toward darkness comes and says, oh, come on, you live such a boring life. Why don't you have fun once in a while? Why don't you just live a little? You have to fight back with the weapons of light. The truth of God's word, which is our loving Lord has filled this world with a million ways to have fun that do not involve walking in the darkness. I'll find one of those ways to enjoy my life because the goal of this temptation is not to help me live a little, right? The ultimate goal of this temptation is to make me die a lot, to put out my faith. See, for every temptation toward the darkness, God gives us weapons in his word to scatter that darkness, to overcome the temptation, and walk in the light. And the beautiful thing is, when he gave you faith in Jesus, he gave you those weapons of his word at the same time. You have them. Know them and use them to fight against the darkness. Because by God's grace, we are dressed in Christ through faith, and we are ready for the day of salvation. And by God's grace, he also gives us the weapons we need to fight the darkness and walk in the light. Clothe yourself in Christ every day and use the weapons of light to stay out of the darkness. Dress for the day. Walk in the light until it arrives. Amen.